Hi, I'm Kenna Danielle, and you are listening to Lone Star Community Radio on 104.5 KCZWLP Conroe and 106.1 KZCCLP Conroe and worldwide on IRLoneStar.com. Hey, this is Dick from Lone Star Community Radio. We have a big announcement for Lone Star Community Radio and our listeners. We have partnered with another TV station. That's right. You'll be seeing Lone Star Community Radio content on KVQT Channel 12 in the Houston area. Now is a great time to start a show or sponsor a show with Lone Star Community Radio. For more information on everything that is happening, visit us online at IRLoneStar.com or call the station at 936 647 3776 and leave a message. And we want to also wish everyone a safe and happy Thanksgiving. Good afternoon. You're listening to Lone Star Community Radio, and I am Ted Cox, the host of The Good News Show. Uh, You're probably listening to us on Conroe's own 104.5 and 106.1. If you're zooming up and down I-45, and whenever you get landed, you can pick the show back up on IRLoneStar.com and stream the rest of the show. Um, It's always nice to be reminded on uh, sort of why the show uh, is happening, how it was conceived, uh, because today is a really special show, and I think it's going to be an inspiration to a lot of folks. And so when we were beginning to talk about what type of show we wanted to create, uh, and as the name would imply, uh, it is called The Good News Show because we're really just bombarded with bad news, it seems, 24-7. It's uh, anytime you turn on the local news or the national news or or even one of the cable news networks. Uh, It just seems like it's just one bad story after another. And certainly as we came into and out of Harvey most recently, and then the the hurricanes that hit uh, the other states, uh, Irma and Maria, it just seemed like we were still getting a, a stream of bad news. But So I wanted to create a show where we took just a couple of hours each week from 1 to 3 Central Time. If you're listening online, it's 1 to 3 Central Time uh, on Thursday afternoons, where we talk to people who are just ordinary folks like you and I, uh, but that are doing extraordinary things, uh, doing extraordinary things in their community. Many of the stories that we had just after Harvey uh, had to do with the repair and the helping of our neighbors, feeding the neighbors. Uh, housing, cleaning, uh, even providing haircuts. You heard Marquise uh, Taylor, who went to a couple of shelters and sang to them to lift their spirits. We saw stories of people just doing what they could, something as simple as the cutting of somebody's hair when you're just dirty and nasty and grubby. Uh, just the cleaning like that is just something to lift your spirits and to sort of increase the dignity of, of the people. And so we wanted to have a show just for a couple of hours that that highlighted that, that that talked to ordinary people that are doing extraordinary things, and and so today our show is is no different. Um, our first guest, Tina, who will make a more full introduction, is is certainly no stranger to this station. Uh, and if any of you follow her on Facebook, you know that she's been on this extraordinary journey of getting healthy and losing a lot of weight. And many people I was seeing in her. Um, in her comments of her friends, just 
what an extraordinary thing this was. And so I wanted her to share her story and the encouragement of that and people who may be struggling with weight and how did you go about doing that? And in my in the second hour, uh, we'll have a, a gentleman on. His name is Todd, and he'll get a more complete introduction. I'll let him do his introduction because he can do it with much greater justice than I could. He was a, quite an inspiration uh, following 9-11. Who, uh, he was a history teacher. Uh, 9-11 happened and, and decided that uh, this couldn't stand, that he wanted to go and fight for our freedom. And you'll get to hear his story and uh, and quite a bit more about that. So, so today is going to be one I think it's really special to me because of the people who are involved uh, and their stories. And I hope that as we tell their stories uh, and have ways that that you can join in if you're feeling uh, perhaps what we're feeling, uh, that this will be a, an inspiration. It'll be a help. So, first of all, let me welcome Tina to to uh, to the station to the show. Hi. Uh, so, Tina, for a lot of people probably already know you for uh, all of the plays and the different things that you do already on the station and, and connected, but but tell people a little bit about yourself and kind of what you do on the station and in your interest in the arts and those kind of things. Well, I try to get involved in the community as much as possible. I try to give back. The community's given so much uh-huh. that I try to give back to them in any which way. I volunteer wherever I can. Usually it's through theater. Okay. And also through Lone Store. Okay. Here at the, if anybody needs anything, I try to help. Okay. I yes, try to be I can them. attest to that. <laughs> I can attest to that firsthand. She has been a tremendous help in shepherding me uh, and giving me advice and so forth on how to start a show. So thank you're you very much. You're doing great. So, and thank you for blessing yeah. the community with oh, your positive right. news. Yeah. It's nice to put on a station and hear something positive. Yeah, and the the thing that that has been striking to me in the first uh, six or seven shows that we've done, uh, it seems like it's been going on for a little longer than it has, but I look back and it's just a handful of shows, uh, is that um, there are truly extraordinary folks uh, that would never otherwise have their story told. Right. So well, it, thank it is you. a oh, you're welcome. Uh, this <laughs> is it's really, and I've gotten to know some folks that that I probably would not have otherwise gotten to know. So thank you very much for coming on. So, oh, yes. I enjoy your show, and I yeah. enjoy the fe- positive feedback that you give us. Yeah. So thank well, you. You're welcome. But no, so, yeah. on, my, on my journey of losing weight, and I have to mention right now, Jason Price, he was my yeah. coach from the very beginning. Okay. He helped me. He's on Facebook. I can help you find him if ever you need to talk to someone. Okay. But uh, he did say, Tina, this is what you need to do. Now it's up to you to do it. Yes. You know, he says, I can lead you, but you're going to have to follow. Yes. You know, you have to have that. The way it always is. Right, right exactly. <laughs> so okay. he gave me some advice. He gave okay. me some exercises, and you can go online and see his exercises. And I couldn't keep up with him. You know, I wasn't, I didn't have that strength yet. Right, right. But I thought I'm going to get there one day. Right, right. Well, well, before we jump into the, to the weight loss, which is going to be mm-hmm. the central part of what we want to talk about, because I, I, no doubt... Uh, there are few people who are struggling with with weight or health mm-hmm. issues in which uh, eating or other disorders may be contributing to it. But tell us a little bit more about yourself. Are you are you from Texas? Oh, I'm from uh, I'm born in Houston. Okay, because your your accent yes. would tell me that you're Texan. <laughs> I'm a Texan. Okay, 
I went to Las Vegas one time and I shook someone's hand. And I said, hi, I'm Tina from Texas. And they went, no kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely. And you're like, after a few minutes in Vegas, you're like, I can't wait to get back to yeah. Texas. Okay. Yeah. Well, they were all real sweet and I had a good time. So, now you're, so you were born born then and raised in Houston? Uh-huh. Okay. So. And, but when I lived, oh, I was 14, we moved out to the country, what used to be country. Right. Fort Bend County. Fort Conroe. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Okay. Before. Yeah. And then eventually got to Conroe as fast as I could. Okay. Yeah, I remember uh, Lyle Lovett one time mm-hmm. said, "I, uh, I, I lived in the city, and I lived, I lived in the country. Then I lived in the city, but I never moved. Uh, it's like that the city just was expanding outward and outward. He lived in the Klein area. I think still does maybe. Uh, and uh, it's interesting that, that with the, the Houston kind of growing the way mm-hmm. it is." Uh, being from South Carolina, I think I can fit my whole state, ah. you know, within the city limits of Houston. Yes, yes. Uh, so you're from state. Houston? I'm from Houston, born and, at St. Joseph Hospital. Okay. A lot of people go, oh my gosh, I was too. Well, if you're my age, that was almost the only hospital out here at the time. Okay. That's okay. why. <laughs> okay. And and uh, where? so you went to high school. Did you go to college here? In, no, I did in, not go. In, in, uh, no, no, okay. I didn't go to college out here. Okay. And, but, um, uh, when I was out out of school, and a couple of years later, I got married, had my children, and okay, and I became a playwright and just oh, okay. a writer and a photographer, and that's what I've been doing all these years. Okay, okay. <laughs> well, and, that, and certainly I, I know you only recently, but I know that uh, in the evening, or tell a little bit about the the plays that you do that you act out that perhaps you write and script and work out. That you perform here on the station, Sure. Right? Long Star Radio Troupe. Okay. Rick Sellers and I, we got together and we decided that um, through Dick's help and permission to bring back the radio plays. Yeah, yeah. And so we do that and we uh, we have a script of old plays, but also the community okay. is welcome to come in and write a play and I'll help them through that and writing for radio. Many people write, right, but they right. want to write a book. And on radio, you only have like 23 minutes to get the whole story done quick. Oh, and, wow. So and, the whole the whole play was, the length of it is 23 minutes. Yes. And wow. so they have a very difficult time trimming a novel to a play. Oh. So, <laughs> well, and, and unlike uh, an actual play in a theater where you, you have props and you have scenery. Three hours. You have to build, <laughs> in three hours, uh, you have to build scenery through through words and through mm-hmm. music and through, do you have sound effects and, and different things that On the for those people mm-hmm. who may not have heard uh, your, your normal, so when, and when does it, when does it normally come on? Or, you know, is there going to be another another show coming up? Sure. Uh, every Sunday at 7 o'clock okay. on IRLongStore.com right here, the first Sunday of every month, we play a new play, or okay. we the perform a new play. This time, both plays are going to be live. So oh, this coming wow. up Sunday, November 5th, there'll this be two Sunday. live plays here at the studio. Wow. And then those will be replayed during the whole month. Gotcha. Okay, so the first Sunday is live. Mm-hmm. And then the rest of the, the, the subsequent Sundays are, are replays of that. Right. Until and the, so you're doing, doing two different plays. And what yes. are, you want to tell a little bit about the, what the plays are going to be about? Can you, well, can you tease it a bit or, <laughs> you to, or do you want to be a surprise? It can be a surprise. Okay, gotcha. Okay, so that's Sunday at what time? 7 o'clock p.m. 7 o'clock p.m. They start at 7 and we finish up at 8. Okay. By 8, to, you know, we're on the hour at 8 o'clock. Wow. And it's every Sunday. And wow. it's a lot of fun. And if you're interested in casting, directing, yeah. you know, auditioning, let me know. Okay. And, mm-hmm. 
And how did they get you? Yeah. I was going to say. And then <laughs> Tina at IRLoneStar.com. Tina at IRLoneStar.com. Thank you, love. Okay. Yeah. So, uh, so if you're interested in performing mm-hmm. or if you have a script, perhaps, to be mm-hmm. uh, tuned a little bit and, yeah, and massaged, edited mm-hmm. a little mm-hmm. bit. Uh, so you're, you'll take those types of uh, folks that are willing uh, and, uh, and you'll make a, a play out of it. Right. And a lot of people... Um, they bring me, like I say, a novel, and it just doesn't work. So they got to um, trim it down to 23 minutes before I even see it. Wow, in 23 <laughs> minutes, I'm, where I'm just getting started. Yeah, yeah. 23 minutes, wow. So, well, we are, we're going to go and take our, our first break. As we come out, uh, as Tina began to describe, I do want to get into uh, the, the weight loss and what prompted it and how she did it and so forth. So uh, join us after the break to hear this incredible journey uh, to health. A Lone Star Community Radio is looking for those who are interested in hosting their own talk show with monthly and weekly slots available on Conroe's FM 104.5, 106.1, and on IRLoneStar.com. Start your own podcast, create your first YouTube channel, and be on TV. Contact Lone Star Community Radio online at IRLoneStar.com or call the station message line at 936-647-3776 to take your first step into the radio world. This is Rick TRC. Every Monday through Friday from 3 to 7, I play today's country hits on my show, Afternoons with Lone Star. The type of music that makes you want to get off your seat, stomp your feet, sing along at the top of your lungs, and not care who hears. On Lone Star Community Radio, Conroe's FM 104.5 and 106.1, and as always on Worldwide, IRLoneStar.com. Ted Cox, you're listening to uh, Lone Star Community Radio, and if you're listening live and you're jetting around Conroe or the Woodlands and up and down 45, you're listening to us on 104.5 and 106.1 on the FM uh, dial, and if you're listening, you want to pick back up on the show and listen to the rest of it, you can stream live on IRLoneStar.com or download the app. Uh, Today, we have a, a couple of really inspirational uh, guest, and we're talking to Tina, who's telling us a little bit about her background and the other things that she's interested in, whether it's theater uh, or volunteering, how much she gives back to the community, uh, but in particular, the plays that that she uh, is puts on on this very station on Sunday evening. So tune into that, and you'll be able to hear her productions and her voice and her characterizations and a lot of other folks that are producing some really fun stuff on the radio. Uh, but uh, what prompted me to ask Tina to, to come on, among other things, uh, was her this recent journey of uh, weight loss. And so I wanted her to be able to, to tell the story and to share her story because it certainly was obvious that by the feedback from her friends and acquaintances on social media, on Facebook in particular, that it was quite inspirational to others. And so uh, we want to try to bring that same sort of story and the same inspiration and the same motivation and the same encouragement uh, to the folks who, who may be listening right now and, and struggling with, with weight or health issues. Uh, and for her to tell her story, share a story, and give us some maybe some tips on, on what she did and, and maintaining it and, 
I know she will always say, because I went through this as well, there's always that five more to go. <laughs> so there's always be five more. So, so Tina, That's tell funny. us uh, kind of where it started. Uh, what prompted uh, prompted you to sort of come to the realization that you wanted or needed to lose weight and how it started, and we'll kind of walk through the process okay. and then give people some encouragement. Okay. First off, thank you for all the people writing me and giving me encouragement along my journey. Right. Because there are times where I was struggling, and they said, hold on, you can do it. Right. So, there, you right. know, social media helped me okay. to go through this because okay. I, I don't feel like I, I was alone. Yeah. But what started it was one evening, my husband and I were sitting there, and I looked at him, and I said, I want to lose weight. And he says, well, I do too. Well, with him wanting to lose weight as well, it helped with the meal planning. Okay, got it. So I thought, okay, great. That so, so it was just a desire. It's you, a desire. So it was just a desire. It wasn't, it wasn't a sort of, let me say, health issue or health crisis that prompted it. It was just a desire. I just, I'm heavy and I want to lose weight. Right. Okay. For self-esteem. Sure. Uh, my husband, he's been overweight for years. He's a tall man, but okay. he's always been a big man. And he could walk better if he could lose some weight. Oh, okay. And I was kind of okay. thinking of him as well more than myself. Okay. Because for me, when you, I looked in the mirror, I didn't see what, <laughs> how overweight I was until right. I lost it. Right. You know, I'm right. like, oh, my right. gosh. Right, <laughs> right. right. Who is know, that? I know. <laughs> who was that? Now? Exactly. Yeah. So um, okay. I, wanted so. Him, I wanted him to eat better, but I didn't want to nag him, coach him. I wanted it to be his decision. Okay. So I started eating better, which made him start eating better. And as I learned, he would learn. Okay. And he's lost 80 pounds. What, and, and, and about how long about has this? For him, it, he lost a lot of weight real quick. Because mm. men do, because it's muscle. Yes. You know, a yeah. lot of muscle. And water. Right. Yeah. But um, he lost 80 pounds within probably seven months. Wow. And he's still losing it. So a little more than 10 pounds a month. Yes, yes. Uh, that's a, quite a lot. And now he lost probably more than that the first month because the doctor says, you know, when you have that muscle mass, it's heavier and you're trying to lose it. And like you said, water too. But Yeah, yeah. But um, when you're heavier, you lose it faster because you have more energy. You have to spend to exercise. And when right. you, you do, you're down to that less 10 pounds, oh. it's harder because you're lighter and you're not using When your body's energy. adjusted. Yes. I mean, it's. So, so you, so you say, I want to, I want to lose weight. I'm mm -hmm. comfortable. I don't like what right. I see. I don't, whatever, right. whatever those, right. uh, and your husband uh, did the same. Mm -hmm. Uh, and so this was about 10 months when it began January. roughly. January. Okay. So, and it just happened to be January. It wasn't because of the new year. Okay. It just, Hey, we decided. Okay. You know? Okay. Um, and so we, you made the decision, uh, and, and your household is always helpful when your spouse is participating right. uh, or supportive. Mm -hmm. You know, so in, in my case, my spouse doesn't need to lose weight, but I did. And so she was very supportive mm -hmm. in my weight loss. So, but, so both of you are, are now, you've made the decision. It's January. Mm -hmm. What did you do next? Did you say, mm -hmm. did you look at different types of diets? Did you look at exercise? Did you just cut back? Did you just eat healthy? I mean, what, what was it? What was the plan that you put yourself on? First thing I did was go to Facebook. <laughs> okay. And I said, hey, I okay. want to lose weight. What do I do, you know? Okay. And I got so much advice. And so once I got the advice in, I would look it up. Okay. And go, okay, what works for me? Because okay. everybody's different. You know, oh, I, sure. I can't advise anybody how to lose weight because, you know, their body's different from mine. Right. I'm 4'10". They might be six foot two. Right. You know, right. so, but what I did learn was carbohydrates turns into sugar. Okay. So you lower your carbohydrates. And then I learned how much okay. carbohydrate to have. I learned about how 
sugar goes through the liver, and if it's too much, you can't process it, and it goes into fat. So limit your sugar intake. Okay. I learned that you can have 15 grams of sugar a day, but five grams at a time, no more than five at a time oh, because okay. of the liver processing it. Okay. Yeah, because the liver, uh, it, it triggers an insulin response, right. right? And so once it burns up the sugar, anything left just gets tacked right onto the belly or right. other parts of the body. Gluten, <laughs> fat. fat mm-hmm. right. It goes to fat. Okay. So this is what I was learning. And then I get to that plateau and I go, oh, I guess I'm stuck here. Well, then I had to learn how to get out of that plateau. Okay. And you know, if you have to burn more calories than you eat. And so if I'm at that plateau, I knew I needed to burn more calories. Okay. To adjust to that. Now, now in the initial stage, as you're, as you're doing your research and you're, you're finding out about sugars and carbs mm-hmm. and perhaps combinations of foods and mm-hmm. so forth, were you, were you looking uh, only at diet or did you do a diet and exercise? Did you do both or just one in, initially? Well, initially, um, my husband was losing more weight than me, and I was jealous. Uh-huh. And I thought, okay, <laughs> I'm not losing anything. So you're not competitive at yeah, all? Yeah, no. Okay. And I go, dang, look at all the weight he's losing. I'm not losing nothing. What do okay. I do? You know, what, what do I do for myself? Yeah, yeah. You know, so I researched why I okay. wasn't losing. And so once I um, got to understand what I had to do, which was different from what he had to do. Okay. Because okay. I never coached him. I never nagged him. I let him sure. do his own thing because I'm not an expert. I'm right. learning. I had to do what was good for me. Okay. And um, as I'm learning what to cook and what adds on sugar or what adds on to the body, you know, the fat. Yeah, yeah. What does it? Uh, I started cooking different. Okay. I gave up every food item that's white. Okay, I was just going to, so my next question as you yeah. continue on your story was, what's the one thing you had to give up uh-huh. well, that you really didn't want to give up? You know, <laughs> I found this to be true. Um, somebody said, or I read, after a while, you're going to stop having cravings. That's very true. I quit having cravings. Okay. I had, I was addicted to Dr. Pepper. Uh, all my You are life. Texan. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> People don't see me with one anymore, and they just fall over and faint. Now, now, did you go from Dr. Pepper to diet Dr. Pepper, or did you just eliminate carbonated drinks? When I learned what sugar was doing to me, I gave it up. Right. Okay. Now, my husband said, I went through withdrawals. I said, I didn't. He says, oh, yes, you did. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, you did. (laughs) Well, now you had the sugar and the caffeine. Did you continue to drink caffeine? Did you drink coffees without sugar or tea? I gave up both. So you gave up caffeine and sugar at the same time? Yes. Ooh. Yeah, my poor husband. Ooh. My poor dog. <laughs> <laughs> and so um, what, when I learned what I had to do for myself, it was to give up all white substance. Okay, mash, so carbs, pasta, uh-huh. uh, rice. Rice, okay. potatoes. Bread. Bread. Okay. Mm-hmm. Now, did you go to a different type of bread? Did you go no. to a more whole, so bread altogether? No, because once I learned that I was just putting sugar back into my body yeah, yeah. by eating carbs, I gave it up. Okay. Now. So now you, so you just would grab a handful of bacon and eat it. Yeah. I love that part <laughs> love of it. <laughs> right. No, what I did was um, I went to my coach and I said, okay. okay, what do I do? You know, I, I'm giving up so much, but I know I have to have something back. Right. right. And he, he sent me actually containers and how much carbs I can have that ah. the, the liver can digest per day. Okay. And But just break it up because the liver, again, can't take too much at one time. Right. So, right. you know, he said I could have carbs, fruit, vegetables, meat, and all that, just proportion it out. Okay. And it's all about proportions, as I've heard a hundred times, but it's all about that liver being able to take care of it. Okay. You know, just don't overload the liver. 
Right, because you're you're uh, you're having um, sort of a sugar and then an insulin response mm-hmm. right. and then a crash. Right. right, exactly. And so, now, did you find that when you uh, began to eliminate the sugar after you got over the caffeine sugar withdrawals, mm-hmm. which you didn't have? Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, really. <laughs> glad my husband's not here. What you didn't have, exactly. <laughs> uh, did you find that that your metabolism sort of uh, evened out during the course of the day? Did you? find that you weren't having the spikes in the in the valleys uh, during the course of the day? Yeah, I think I had a lot of mood swings during that time period. To Give be, up you, you know, right. <laughs> and so what I did do is just substitute it with for a while tea. Ah, okay. You know, um, but yeah, that has caffeine in it, right. you know, but I would sip on tea. But then I finally got used to drinking um, like sparkle water. Okay. You know, like okay. I, I don't have it with me now. Sure. But really, actually, I went from um, no caffeine, no sugar, and even no tea for months. Okay. Okay. Wow. But then when I bought, I needed a little bit of caffeine in right. me. I just missed it. Um, I went to tea. Okay. And I don't really like tea unsweetened. So I gave that up. Okay. And just went strictly to water and sparkles. So you have no sweeteners like honey? Like no. Natural sweeteners? No. Again, because it would turn into sugar. Okay. You know. Uh, so even in moderation, you wouldn't add any additives. Yeah. Even if it were naturally occurring, like, for example, honey, you would no. just better to eliminate it all. Now, fruit has a lot of sugar yes. in it. So, and I know I can have 15 grams of sugar a day. Okay. So I count that towards my sugar intake. Okay. Okay. Yeah. And now I might eat half you, a banana at a time. So, ah, I, you know. With some peanut butter. No, <laughs> not even that. I won't even okay. eat peanut butter because there's so much fat in it. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> but okay. but one day I'll get back to some of that. Well, you can add it back in, right? As you, as you get that final five, right? Okay. Well, thank you uh, as for kind of laying the found uh, foundation. We'll talk a little bit more about coaching and mm-hmm. and your ongoing uh, uh, plateaus and how you got over them. Uh, you're listening to the Good News program, and we have Tina on, who's talking about her incredible journey of losing all of this weight, and hopefully it'll be an encouragement to you. We'll talk to you after the break. Don't forget to download the Lone Star Community Radio app from your Google Play or Apple Store. Bring Montgomery County's community radio with you anywhere with your smartphone or tablet. If you are in the Conroe area, tune in on FM. That's Conroe's FM 104.5-106.1. If you are on the computer, bookmark IRLoneStar.com as your internet radio station. A Lone Star Community Radio. Broadcasting 24-7 from the heart of downtown Conroe, Texas. The Texas A&M AgriLife Extension Service has been dedicated to educating Texans for over a century. In 1915, the Extension Program was established under the federal Smith-Lever Act to deliver university knowledge and agricultural research findings directly to the people. Ever since, AgriLife Extension Programs have addressed the emerging issues of the day, serving diverse populations across the state. Texans turn to Extension for solutions in horticulture, agriculture, 4-H and youth, and family and consumer sciences. Extension agents respond not only with answers, but also with resources and services that result in significant returns on investment to boost the economy. Join us Fridays at 1 o'clock for the AgriLife Extension Hour.
and welcome back to the Good News Show with Ted Cox. I am your host for these couple of hours on a Thursday afternoon and every Thursday afternoon from 1 to 3 uh, Central. Uh, and again, the, the idea of the show is to talk like uh, talk with folks that are in the studio, like Tina and Todd, uh, who will come up in just a few minutes, uh, and uh, t- to talk about their journeys. In this case, we're talking about uh, the losing of weight, uh, which has a number of really good byproducts, not the least of which is healthy and the ability to walk and, and all the other things that we'll probably talk about in a few minutes. Um, and then to offer that encouragement. So you're, you're, you are listening to Lone Star Community Radio. If you're listening uh, locally here in the Conroe, Texas area, up and down 45, you're probably listening to us on our FM uh, station of 104.5 and 106.1. Uh, you can stream us live if you get to your destination and want to continue to listen on IRLoneStar.com. Uh, so we're going to pick back up with the, the story with Tina in terms of the, the motivation we've already talked a little bit about in terms of her sort of looking in the mirror and talking to her husband that she wants to lose some weight. What, uh, what different types of foods and the effects that they have on the body, namely sugar and white stuff, which is usually very overly processed. Uh, and so uh, I, she mentioned her coach a couple of times. So I want to kind of pick the conversation back up and have you talk, Tina, a little bit about your coach and uh, how did you find this person and what does, is it a he? A he. Okay. What does he do for you and what frequency? And then uh, as you kind of think through that process that you have with your coach, uh, for folks that either don't want to have a coach or can't afford a coach or anything, just any advice that you may have for them because you found a lot of your motivation on social media and a lot of your information on social media in different places. So what advice you would give? So kind of pick back up on kind of the role that your coach played in teaching you and motivating you with your, well, your journey. He, he basically just said, okay, when you need motivation, I'm here for you. Okay. You know, so did you meet at a regular time? Each no, week or no, so no, just no. as needed as needed. Okay. And, um, he, he gave his time to me. So he, he was, he, yeah, so he okay. was given, he's a coach in California, actually. Ah, okay, yeah. okay. And so I met him online. Okay. And fell in love with him. And so he helped me through it. He's like a son to me now. Okay. <laughs> so, um, and he's talked to me throughout the 10 months. Okay. But um, he got me started by saying, you know, this is what you can do for portions, and this is the foods you can eat. Okay. Just be careful, and it's up to you to do the rest, and that's kind of how we left it. Okay, okay. But for anybody who wants to find him, his name is Jason Price on um, Facebook. Okay, so okay. So he'll talk to you individually and help you. Well, and I know that uh, in trying to connect with you, you've already hit your upper limit with friends on Facebook. I know. <laughs> so, I have, I know. so people could still follow you, yeah. right? So they could follow your journey. So uh, Tina has uh, quite a lot of friends. Well, uh, she helps a lot of people in the community, so a lot of people are connected to her. So. But they can find him. What was his name again, Jason please? Price. Okay, so Jason. Yeah. Um, and so he was helping you uh, primarily on the food side. Right. right? So right, right. it was how to do portions, portion control. Right. And uh, the matching of carbs, so complex right. carbs. So Right. And that's what it's all about. I do still eat. I still get a Texas ribeye. Oh, and okay. I, But instead of that baked potato, I get the size of vegetables and maybe a bowl of chili or something ah, like that. Okay. You know, you know, Yesterday's corn- hamburger. Yeah, yeah, there you go. There you go. Yeah. So I do eat meat. Now, at the, okay. be- at the beginning, I did not eat meat. Okay. I eat eggs oh, for my protein and okay. other sources because um, meat does have a lot of fat in it, and you should only have, I'm told, 
meat once a day, not three times a day. Okay. Because okay. there is a lot of water in it. There is a lot of salt. There, and, you know, just red meat's not that great for you. Okay. But I know that turkey and chicken and fish, and even red meat's fine. Sure. Proportion it out, three ounces at a time. Ooh. I never gave up So flavor. three ounces, at, but if I had three ounces, could I have... Three ounces like every 60 seconds. and That's kind of what I do when I go to Texas Roadhouse. I just uh, have it all at once. Exactly. Okay. Because <laughs> we do go, we still eat. Right. You know, we don't. Now, I told you earlier, we don't have cravings anymore. Yes. But there about are. About how long did it take? Oh, gosh. To, um, about to sort three of get, months. About three months. Was caffeine and sugar the hardest of no, the cravings? I was so it? surprised. Huh. To this day, I do huh. not miss cookies, ice cream. Um, I don't miss any of the sweets. I was never wow. a sweet eater anyway. I was more of a, a carb eater. Okay. Mashed potatoes, okay. gravy, that's sort of rice. I think one of my uh, one of my favorite movies around the Christmas season, uh, this will probably tell a lot about me, which I probably shouldn't be talking on the radio, but is Elf. And, uh, and I could really relate to Elf as he talked about the four major food groups, candy, candy corns, candy canes, <laughs> and syrup. And I went... I, I know. Those are the four food groups that I, I like myself. So. Well, my husband, he's a sweet eater. Okay, now, and that's now, my downfall. Yeah, and that was his. Now, he had times he struggled. He doesn't anymore, though. The craving is gone. Okay. But I will say this. There are times when a craving did hit us. Something on TV would come on. Okay. And we'd go, oh, my gosh. And we'd sweat it out for a week. we just, oh, we got to have it. Right. Well, you know what we did? We went and had it. We, if there was an ice cream right. cone, we had it. If right. we just... We saw a Dairy Queen advertising that mm. ice cream. We got finally a week after just Chocolate craving. Dip. Yeah, that's now what see I, what we're that's, that's now what. we're corrupting people. <laughs> but that's what I would do. I'd yes. go and have it to get yeah. rid of that craving, and believe me, it works. I to this day, I'm over a Dairy Queen dip cone. I know because I had it. I had the craving. I took care of it. It's gone. I haven't had another one in what the well, nine months since I've had one. Right. But when I did have a craving, I did take care of it. I know that, and that was my downfall. I, I haven't really talked a little bit, um, too much of it on the air, but I talked to you kind of off the air uh, that a few years ago, about almost 12 or 14 maybe years ago now, uh, I did something similar. I looked in the mirror and said, this is just awful. I, I'm way too heavy. And so at the time, you know, there were different, as they are now, different uh, sort of diet programs. There's South Beach and mm-hmm. Atkins and, mm-hmm. and different ones that purport to have different methods. But but Atkins was the one that I selected, which was perhaps similar to yours in it that you can have low carbs and then you build in carbs over time mm-hmm. as you've regulated the body. And I ended up losing about 38 pounds Wonderful. in addition to, or rather in advance of, uh, running a marathon. And so I, I wanted to run. So I ran the, my first marathon, which was San Francisco. Oh. So, uh, you know, note to anybody who wants to run a marathon, don't pick San Francisco. <laughs> There are hills everywhere. Oh, Hate Street was inclined. the worst. Oh, so. my gosh. And, uh, you know, at the end of marathons, I, 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 as I t- I've talked to people over time, you know, there are two types of people after the end, at the end of the marathon. I'll never do that again or I'm hooked. Ah. And so I ended up, do, ended up finishing like 29 Wonderful. marathons. Which is the reason why I think my back hurts and my oh, hips hurt, my knees oh. hurt now, but because I overdid it. Oh. But like you, I discovered that that food what I put in my body uh, had such an effect on how I felt right. that, like you said, the cravings that I had, uh, and and it, your body does adjust uh, the metabolism mm-hmm. and 
the sources from which it draws from mm -hmm. to for its energy does adjust. So. Right, exactly. I do want to mention there's a lot yeah. of false advertising out there too. You're not going to lose weight by a pill. And you're, yes. you're not going to buy a belt that's going to melt away the belly fat. <laughs> yeah, that's true. You know, it's determination that's going to do it. You're right. You know, and I still have, I'm still on a journey and I will be for the rest of my life. It's yes. not like, I, oh, I lost this weight and now I'm done. No. Right. You know, I have to exercise every day. I'm 60 years old. I okay. have to exercise every day to maintain. Okay. Now, I was, I'm also going to tell you, ladies and men, but yeah. ladies, when you lose that weight, don't expect that teenage body back. <laughs> <laughs> you know, once you take it out of that package, it doesn't fit right back in just yeah. right, you know. And so your body, you know, you have to tone. And now when I exercise, because I did join a gym. That's okay. one thing I did do. Okay. Why did I join a gym? To motivate me. Okay. I motivation is the hardest part for me at times. Right. I don't want to get up and actually right. get on that exercise bike. And, and I do. And and I'm just not motivated to go out and walk around the lake like I usually do. Uh, okay. But you pay a gym. Right. You're going to be there. Yeah. And it, and then the people around you motivate you. That's true. You know, I, I know when, uh, a good friend of mine who who ran most of the races with me. Uh, has We now live in separate uh, states, as a matter of fact. <clears throat> but knowing that he was there on Saturday mornings for our mm -hmm. long runs, uh, especially those mornings where it was cold and rainy. This was in Atlanta, Georgia, when we were running and training. Knowing that he was there got me up, got me out, and kept me running. So having mm -hmm. a gym or having a partner, mm -hmm. in, in exactly. your case, your spouse in terms of right. diet, right. or a gym or maybe friends in terms of, of exercise, can play a huge role right. in motivating. Knowing that somebody else is doing it or you're doing it for someone else. Uh, can have a huge role in keeping them right. So, and so yeah. with the weight loss, I'm like, uh, you know, I lost sixty. I still have five, ten more to go for my size. Yeah, you know, and I'm yeah. under doctor's care. Um, I I exercise to get rid of the weight, but I'm now really having to focus on Tony. Right. Because the body stretches out, the right. fat's gone. Now you got to tone. Right. Right. And so, ladies, just know that. And I think. Toning is going to be the roughest part for me, mm. not the loosening of the weight. Okay. So I'm having to lift weights because that burns calories and it tones as well. Right. But I do do the trail, treadmill two, two and a half miles each time. Okay. Um, I, I go about three and three and a half miles at a time. So I finish in about 40 minutes. Okay. And there are times I've gone three miles, but I'm just saying average. Yeah. And to maintain, I go twice a week at least on the treadmill. But sometimes I go more than that. I go on average really probably four times a week. Okay. Okay. But I'm having to change my gym activities because, yes, I'm losing the weight, but I really got a tone now. Okay. So I'm, now I'm lifting weights or okay. I'm doing different type of exercise to tone. Okay. So I'm trying to make that package look better even yeah. though, you know, you lost the weight. Now you got to tone it. I know. I, I sat down the other day. <clears throat> to make a list of all the good things there was about getting old, I didn't. I didn't get <laughs> very far. Yeah, because <laughs> like everything hurts, and yeah. and and you're. So for those of you who are still young, uh, don't uh, don't do anything that we did uh, growing up, and 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 as we got older, because it does get. Uh, I mean, I, you always heard it gets harder when you get older, and you, and you think when you're younger, yeah, you know, yeah. I'll lose it. I can, you know, not eat for you know a week or eat differently for a week, mm -hmm. but. 
Well, oh, walking, gosh, it does get so much harder. It does. It truly does. And you're right about that. Now, I have found for my aches and pains, walking. My, okay. hus- my husband and I walk. Right. We don't jog. Right. Okay, because of the joints and hurting that okay. the joints up. But um, definitely walking is what we do and yeah. treadmill and exercise bike and different types of weight. Now, I want, yeah. I, I want to tell you real quick. Yeah, absolutely. Because I know yeah. we're running out of time. Yeah, we got um, a couple n- minutes. Now, Plenty of time. Okay. You know, I told you how jealous I am of my husband. Uh-huh. He's jealous of me now. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> so now he's going to be motivated. Yes. <laughs> so I'm sure he's either listening or you'll play this back. So, yeah. So, and again, you know, just thinking that you, you mentioned something kind of in passing uh, that you were under a physician's care. Yes. And it, it occurred to me while we're talking about weight loss and diet and exercise and so forth, we would, we would in fact, I think, uh, be remiss if we didn't mention that, that right. by no stretch are we given uh, advice here on All what right. to do or how to do it, but rather the intent was for you to share your story so that it could motivate others that a key critical imp- component to all of this right. is being under a doctor's care right. to know uh, your blood and how your blood is reacting in terms of blood sugars and things like that. Yeah, your BMI. Your BMI, your uh, your stress level, the ability for your heart and other organs and so forth to take an increased amount of exercise and stress on them. So by all means, uh, if you intend to start a diet or exercise program or both, uh, do go under physician's care. Get checked out to begin with and maintain that that physician's care to make sure that nothing's going wrong in, in the way you're dieting. All right. And that's what first thing I say on social media. What's good for me may not good be Good for you. Exactly. You talk to your doctor. This is what I do may not work for you. Same with my husband. I can't tell him what to do. Yeah, well, so my wife. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you're listening uh, uh, to Tina. Uh, This is um, Good News Program on Lone Star Community Radio. Uh, We'll finish up our conversation with some uh, tips and tricks as we come back. We'll talk to you on the other side of the break. Our talk shows and music shows are looking for sponsors. Want to expand your brand awareness? Reach the hyper-local audience in Montgomery County? Lone Star Community Radio sponsorships accomplish this. Want to see our stats and rates? Check out IRLoneStar.com sponsor for more information. Or call in and leave us a message at 936-647-3776 with your question. Get seen on TV or YouTube and heard on our podcast, FM, and internet radio. Sponsor your local radio station with Lone Star Community Radio. Hey guys, I'm Joey Savage. Corey DLG. We are Nerd Thug Radio. Catch us every Monday from 1 to 3, and check out our website, nerdthugradio.com. We like to talk about quilting, horseback riding, and baking quiche. Actually, we don't, but we do like talking nerdy to you. That's right. Every Monday from 1 to 3 p.m., hashtag talking nerdy to you. And welcome back to the Good News Show. We're in our uh, final segment with Tina, who, again, you've gotten to know. Quite well now in terms of her journey for uh, for weight loss, and we were just mentioning uh, right before the break that 
the advice that, uh, that we would give is before you do anything, before you start anything, uh, make sure that you go see your physician, uh, get the proper uh, blood works and any stress test, and make sure that if you uh, have any ailments uh, that are heart-related or lung-related, that you get all those checked out. This is not intended to be any diet or exercise advice, but rather uh, just for Tina to share her uh, journey on losing 60 pounds and her husband losing 80 pounds. Mm-hmm. So far. Uh, so far, uh, everybody. Uh, the journey. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and that, uh, that, that the diet she uh, went on, and we'll maybe recap some, some of those, some of those uh, key elements uh, that she learned and now the exercise. So um, as we start to, to think about uh, the folks that may be listening to us, um, what would be some of the advice that you would have? Let, let's say that uh, there are people listening and uh, they're where you were in January. So they're looking in the mirror or they have some other motivation, either it's health related or like you said, you're looking in the mirror and you go, I don't recognize that person anymore because it's, it's a heavy version of the earlier me. Uh, what would be some of the advice that you might be able to give them to, to initiate it? And we'll talk a little bit about how to keep going, but, but how would you, somebody says, I want to do this. Okay. What would you tell them? Well, watch the carbs. Carbs turns into sugar. Okay. So, you know, they, people give up sugar, but then they eat heavy carbs. So just watch. I still eat. I've never starved myself. I just know what to eat. Protein. The body lives on protein. you got to have protein. Meat or eggs or however you want to look it up, you know, find your protein. Okay. Find out how much protein your body needs per day. Okay. Your, your doctor will tell you, or you can look it up on, actually online. By is is it based on the weight or your, yeah, your, 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 we talked about BMI. Of course, that's the body mass index. Mm-hmm. And I, that's the, do you, do you, can you explain a little bit up to Somebody who may not be familiar with that term, what the BMI is? Yeah. Well, what you're basically doing is there's fat in within your body. You you calculate, and you can do this online. Just go to um, BMI calculator. Oh. And oh, it, I didn't know there was. Okay. Yes. And, right. and my doctor is the one that pointed it out to me, and he said, you know, keep it up. Keep watching it. Okay. And I'm supposed to go back when I'm at 18, and right now I'm at like a 24, 23. Okay. But you put in your height, you put in your weight. Okay. And it tells you what your BMI is. When when I first walked in, I was like um, at 30-something, and now I'm tw- down to 24. Okay. So it's gone down. When I'm at 18, I'm going to have another liver scan, and we'll see uh, if there's any fat on my liver. Okay. Now, I didn't start this because of health issues. Okay. But I know I had fat on my liver from a previous scan. Oh, okay. And okay. so okay. when you're at 18.5, you should be— oh, well, for me now, yeah, yeah. Somebody else and it may vary, you, so right, we, we but, understand. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it might be twenty three for others. Okay, but usually twenty three to eighteen point five, you're in your range. Okay. Okay, but before a scan is done on me, we're going to wait until I'm at eighteen. Okay. Or eighteen point five. So anyway, you can do it online. You can BMI calculator, put in your weight, your height. It'll tell you that. Okay. okay. Now also, you know, people say don't weigh yourself. Do weigh yourself. Don't weigh your. I weighed myself. Every day, and I'll tell you why. Okay. It told me what foods were salty. If I gained a lot of water, I go, oh, that food gave me a lot of water. I'm going to avoid it or lost salt. A lot of salt would be in certain foods. Okay. So I would go, okay. You know, it says I can eat it. It's only 100 calories, but it made me gain five pounds overnight. You know, so so I would avoid that. A lot of sodiums. Now, did did you track what you were eating? Did you have a journal or or something where you tracked? 
either the percentage of carbs or the actual food or the calories? Did you track it at all? I made sure I ate my protein per day. Okay. You know, I could have, um, I can't remember now how much, you but, know, at the beginning. But it's like 91 grams of protein, 96, some are okay. more. Ken would be more. You know, my husband, he's six foot two. So, he, okay. you know, he's double whatever I can have. Okay. But, um, so I'd make sure I had the amount of protein I should have for my height. And, and, and then I'd make sure I didn't go over my carbs. And okay. I made sure I didn't go over the 15 grams of sugar. Okay. You know, so I really didn't count calories as much as okay. I counted my intake of um, carbs, sugar, and proteins. I made okay. sure your body has to live on protein. Uh, I kept reading where it said, eat meat, you'll lose weight. And I thought, no way, because I gave up the meat and I was <laughs> right. eating eggs. It, is, it does seem counterintuitive. It does. Because, yeah. you know, you here's a steak looking at you and you go, I know that's more calories than two boiled eggs. Right. Well, when I got into a plateau, as we kind of talked about at one time. Yeah, yeah. When you, um, yeah. And I only had about three plateaus. Okay. But one of them, I thought, okay, I'll try the meat thing. You know, they say to change it up. Right. But I know it's more calories, but, right. you know, I'm, oh, I don't want to do it. I tried the meat thing, and the first thing I did, I noticed three pounds of weight. I went, what? Huh. Well, then I looked it up, and they said, when you eat meat, you're going to gain more water weight. Huh. Okay. 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 Yeah. So I went, okay. So I'll keep trying. Well, sure enough, I gave up a lot of, well, I didn't give up. I switched from eggs, let's say, to okay. meat. And I because the protein pro was denser? Or more protein? Well, I, it, it, as your body feeds on protein. You have to give it protein. If you don't, oh, yes. it said the more Cell protein, the more protein in a food, right. the more calories you burn because your body has to work harder to digest it. It does work hard, and and it's and it digests it over a longer period. Right. Of time. Right. So meat versus eggs, it works harder to digest. You're burning more. So when you're sleeping, right. you're burning more calories. Right. So they say always sleep good at night because otherwise you'll gain weight. Well, what happens if I wake up at 2 in the morning and I start housework? I didn't give my body enough rest to digest, huh. you know, to, to burn those calories. Okay. So it is true. I know it's on my body. Right. Do sleep. Get that sleep that you need that they say to lose weight. And it's very true for me anyway. Right, right. So we go out to Texas Roadhouse and I'll get that big old steak. I mean, I'll have that hamburger. Not on okay. bread. Uh, not on okay. the bun. Okay. Yeah. I'll put it, onions on it and all, you know, even the seasonings, you know, they say watch your seasonings, there's sugar. But if I watch that sugar in there, um, I'll make sure I'm not over my 15 grams. Okay. You know, I may not have the fruit for the day because I had a lot of ketchup. Okay. Uh, <laughs> ketchup's a food group. Right? There you so, go. So it's tomato. tomato. <laughs> it's fruit. But, there, but there, it, is a, it is remarkable. Again, as I was doing the Atkins, which was a, a really low carb, and then you mm -hmm. add the complex carbs back in, the broccolis and cauliflowers mm -hmm. and those it's amazing how much sugar is added, as you already mentioned about ketchup, mm -hmm. how much sugar Condiments. is added in all of those types of right. processed foods. Processed foods. Uh, I don't eat it, any processed foods. Yeah, because yeah. if you take stuff out, you've got to add it back in for taste. Mm -hmm. right, uh, and usually right. it's the sugar or salt or both. Because mm -hmm. uh, if you look at um, the sodium in like a can of soup, for mm -hmm. example. Exactly. It's amazing. I know. You know, a thousand... 900, 1,000, 1,100 milligrams of, of salt. It's just incredible. But you go, oh, but it's only 100 calories. Yeah. It's I'm just like, a little can of soup. Yeah. And a steak is, what, 800 calories? There's no and way I'm going to eat a steak over a can of soup. And it's Campbell's. They love me. <laughs> yeah, they care for me. Don't right. you know that? Good. And you're like, yeah, exactly. You're like, wait a minute. So, But I lost more weight by staying on meat. 
okay. than I did on any on soups or a salad or whatever. Right. For my body type. Right. Uh, and I thought, okay, they do know what they're talking about. Eat right. more meat. Now, I don't eat meat every day. I do switch it out. Okay. You know, I don't want to hit a plateau because when I hit one, I mean, a whole month I could be wow. stuck. And that's very discouraging. Right. And I want people to know that. you get. Yeah, I was just going to ask as we, you know, have just a few minutes yeah. is to start, you know, uh, so you started the thing, you, you started the journey, you saw some, uh, you saw some uh, good results, you've had three plateaus. Mm -hmm. So kind of take the last couple of minutes that we have and, and talk to people as they maybe start this journey, they see some early successes, maybe even early big successes, and big then, then they're going to stop. So mm -hmm. what, right. Well, know. exercise, Now I didn't start with exercise, you know, probably as soon as I should have, right. but once I started exercising... I mean, I'd lose three or four pounds. And they say, well, that's just um, water. Right. I said, oh, I'm good with that. But, it motivated But me. it didn't come back. No, or it may didn't. have come back slightly if you rehydrated. Um, right. But not, not. But I, didn't, I got out of my plateau. And right. so I started losing weight again. Right. right. So um, I might plateau for, you know, almost a month, I'd say at times. Well, I'll say three weeks. And it was very discouraging. But when I discovered exercise and stayed with it, I mean, I'd come home, and I was just so proud that I lost that weight. Right. So then I would eat right on top of that, of course. And then I got to know what foods did um, bloat me up, give me the salts and yeah, stuff, yeah. and stay off of those because I weighed myself every day. Okay. And so um, once I started exercising, I got out of those plateaus. And I really haven't been in one since. Okay. And you're just talking about the exercises you've added in. You've, you've added in early. It sounds like uh, more um, – Cardio. Cardio. Mm -hmm. uh, and now you're probably, it sounds like yeah, you may have a little bit of a mix between cardio and, and some type of resistance training. Weight right, training, weight, kind of weight um, for my legs. and Because this is one thing, and I want people to understand. Yeah. I lost a lot of weight, but I have no strength. Okay. So now I have to build that strength. Okay. Okay. It didn't take away muscle because I've been exercising. I've gained, I haven't like got muscle tone where I'm young, like Popeye, <laughs> but I didn't lose. Arnold. Right, right. But I didn't lose body mass. I didn't lose muscle. Okay. So um, I've stayed toned in the sense because I've exercised the whole time. Right. But I need to be toner because I've lost so much. Right. And so just exercise, stay motivated, and I'm here Surround for yourself with people who mm -hmm. will encourage you. Right. Uh, That's what I did. And track it and, and, stick, and stick with it. You mm -hmm. Because you... Uh, are living evidence that uh, if you start it, you stay, you crash through the plateaus, you will lose the 60-plus pounds. Yes, and, and my husband's very good to me, too, and we're good to each other, and we're helping yeah. each other through this. And I'm very, very proud of him as well. Yeah. He's well, doing well. Well, thank you so much. Thanks for coming well, thank and sharing, sharing your story. Hopefully it was uh, motivational at the beginning uh, as people begin to hear you. And then to, to encourage to stick with it because mm -hmm. you will, your body will react and it will lose the weight. You got it. And I'm well, here for anybody who needs that help. Well, thank you so much, Tina. We look forward to hearing you on Sunday evenings. Thank you. Uh, especially coming up with the new one at the uh, this this Sunday. This Sunday live. So we'll be on the lookout for it. Well, thank okay, you so much, thank Tina. Thank you. I appreciate it. Okay, thanks. Attention movie lover, The Ticket Stub is a new radio show servicing Montgomery County that is meant for you. 
The Ticket Stub is available live every Thursday at noon on FM 104.5 and 106.1, as well as anytime on IRLoneStar.com. Connor and Dick will let you know what's coming out in the theater, what is worth streaming, and what's going on in the world of film. The Ticket Stub, your home for movie talk. Don't miss Lone Star Community Radio on TV and YouTube. Our talk show and music shows are featured on Our City TV, Suddenlink Channel 12, and have their own YouTube channel. Make sure to subscribe to keep up with posted shows and comment on them below the video. And welcome back, everybody, to the Good News Show with Ted Cox. Welcome back to the uh, Good News Program with Ted Cox. I have uh, our next guest on, and in full disclosure, he is actually uh, not only an inspiration to me, uh, but he is uh, my uh, brother-in-law, his uh, Todd Winkle. So say hello to everybody, Todd. Hello, everybody. Okay, good. Oh, you did well. Uh, So Todd, uh, uh, obviously, Todd has known me now for 30 years because I've been in his family for, for 30 years. Um, and the reason why I wanted to have uh, Todd on today, much like Tina's story, which is a great inspiration story, is uh, is he heard uh, sort of a call on his life uh, in terms of, and I'll let him tell the story, but in terms of entering into uh, the Army following 9-11. Uh, and I think it's quite an inspiration uh, what he did, what he did to enter, and then what he did, of course, in Iraq. Uh, and but. Uh, more than that, he is, uh, he, I, I say this of Todd, and of course I have to say this because he won't say it about himself. He's an incredibly uh, humble guy. And that Todd's never met a stranger. I mean, it, Todd uh, has friends everywhere, including there's somebody listening in Mongolia, Mongolia. as I understand. Right now, uh, it's Mongolia. probably streaming live right now on, on, in Mongolia. Uh, he has some friends over there. Uh, but, uh, but he's quite an inspiration in what he's done on his life. And, and he's just an incredible storyteller. Uh, we, uh, uh, tease him probably too much about, uh, where he, uh, has the most obscure trivia. So never get into a trivia contest with Todd because he will win. Oh, and experiences because we had that with the <laughs> Russian satellite that one night out in exactly. the farm. So, yeah, <laughs> exactly. So, so before we start telling too many stories, I want Todd to to introduce himself. Uh, anything that he would like to say by way of introduction, and then I want to to for him to start his story, pick up his story uh, as he was a a high school teacher, history teacher, uh, and then nine eleven happened. So right. go ahead and make whatever you'd like to introduce, and then kind of pick up the story as. As a teacher, well, and then what happens? Well, greetings, everyone. My name is Todd Winkle. I've been accused of being a uh, master, uh, was it a jack-of-all-trades and a master of some. <laughs> right. Uh, if I were to have an epitaph on my tombstone, it should have, say, been there, done that, with an asterisk that says, to a certain extent, uh, <laughs> I have, uh, uh, I wasn't always going to be a teacher. That's the amazing thing. Yeah, when, I mean, I was, when I was in uh, high school, yeah, uh, I thought I was going to, now, now what's funny is, I was interested in the military was when I was in fifth grade. That's true. Yeah, That's, I, I, as, as a youth, and what I found when I was in the military was guys who enjoyed it. Yeah, I had a calling then. Yes. Felt it, but I went through and I thought I'll I'll go and I'll be 
become, I wanted to do something for society. So I thought I'd be a police officer up until I got to college and I took a criminal justice class and interviewed some police officers and realized there are some situations I don't think I could, you know, really keep my cool on. That's very tough. They have an extremely tough job. And even to this day, I'll tell them, hey, thank you for your service. And they go, well, what do you do? I said, oh, I'm a former high school teacher. And they go, how can you do that job? And I think, <laughs> me, how can you do your job? And, You're right. But I went to college. I realized I couldn't do that. And yeah. a professor by the name of Dr. Gary Bell, okay. I took a lot of my history classes. And, you know, he was my professor. Yeah. Um, he said, you should take an education class. See if that was it. Because I thought, I'll have a history degree. Maybe I'll go to law school. Maybe I'll do something with it. We'll see. Yeah. And, uh. I took a few education courses and decided to change my, you know, go ahead and pursue that. Yeah. And uh, I became a high school teacher. Okay. And uh, when I did the certifications, uh, everyone's telling me, don't do just history, do a composite. So I got ah. my composite for history, geography, government, and economics. Okay. So I can teach all those subjects. Okay. Uh, my first job that I got after, uh, it's kind of funny. I filled out 33 applications wow. from Dallas all the way down to down to South Texas. Okay. And none of them <laughs> called me back. So that's, oh, that's man. where you're just feeling like, man, yeah. kicking the shins, you know, <laughs> great. Uh, more like a kick in the gut. And then I got my opportunity in Huffman, Texas. Okay. Uh, now you're a native Houstonian. Native so Houstonian. Should probably say. Oh yeah. Native, te- uh, native Down son. in the Klein area. Uh, yep. Champions area. area Champions area. Yep. Yeah. And, uh, I, I, when I got into teaching, that's where I, I went and I did, uh, taught for a year in Huffman, Texas, which is okay. an extremely small town. Yeah. Uh, seriously, one blinking red light, uh, <laughs> FM 2100 and 1960. And I think everybody there knows that light. It okay. may have grown since then. It's been right. 20 years. Then I taught in uh, Humble. Okay. Uh, taught there for a year. I took a break. Then I returned to teaching in 2000 and okay. uh, I was teaching there. And I used to tell my students, because this is the way I was raised by my parents who were children of the, of the 40s and the yes. 50s. Yes. Uh, if anything like Pearl Harbor, you'll join, you'll fight. You know, my dad would always yes. stress that. Who, who was in the Army? Was a doctor uh, He was a doctor a in the Army. He was a captain, yeah, captain in, the, is... in the medical corps. Okay. They told him he has choice. He could either be drafted, be a private, be given an, uh, an M1, and you know, or right. he could join, be a doctor. Right. <laughs> he thought... He thought about for mm. about a nanosecond. Yeah. <laughs> I'll be a doctor. I'll be an officer. People salute me. Okay. I love it. So he did that. And uh, so I would tell my students, anything like Pearl Harbor, I'll join and fight. And yeah. sure enough, you know, when the chickens come home, yeah. it's like, okay, now, you know, talk about the ultimate put up or shut up. Because uh. I was, when the events happened, I was 32 years old. I weighed between 260 and 265 pounds. And I was, I I'm five foot 11. So kind of built like a pear and, um, (laughs) you know, I was not in good shape. Couldn't hardly run. Right. Uh, the, the, the journey to getting the army is another long story on that one, but I'll put it to you this way. Yeah. One of my students, the back, this kid, Donald, I'll never forget him. He, you know, a kid that grew, you know, he lives in acres homes and, you know, he (laughs) said, so Mr. Winkle, what are you going to do? And there you go. And I said, well, I know what I'm going to do. I don't know what you're going to do. You can either watch the TV and watch history, or you can watch me try to get into the military. Right. The first group I called was the Marine Corps because, right. you know, and I explained to my students. Right. This could be a terrible accident. It's an airplane. Now, were you in class when I was, this was happening? I was in class. Did, when did, and so uh, just describe that day. Did, were, did somebody come into the classroom yeah. and say, 
Hey, this is happening. Did you have TVs in the classroom? We had t- we had TVs in the classroom. Of course, and one, they weren't on. And well, at the time. Uh, well, the the TV was on a cart. Now they have them up like corners. Okay, it was on a cart, and a student by the name of Stephen, uh-huh. um, and uh, I, I, you know, this kid looked like Lenny Kravitz, and I like Lenny Kravitz yeah. the musician. Yeah, yeah. but Stephen was my class clown, and when I, mean, I mean, he would tell jokes. He was humorous. He was a good student. He always so he opens up the door. And he goes, Mr. Winkle, did you hear about the World Trade Center? And I said, Stephen, save that uh, joke for next class. He goes, no, can I turn on the TV? So he turns on the TV, and there's the, the you know, the tower is burning. Right. And I'm ex- so, so at this point, both planes have hit? Not the, just the first just plane. The first, just the okay. first plane. Right. So he's he gave a little update to everyone in class. I said, Stephen, tell them what you know. So he updated the class. Okay. And then I explained to the students, hey, back in the 1930s, a B-24, had crashed into the Empire State Building huh. on a foggy day. That was, but that's different technology. This could be an airplane that had a mechanical problem. It could okay. be a horrible thing. You know, okay. trying to explain, you know, because kids are going, oh my God, it's a terrorist attack. Yeah. And I'm like, right. let's, let's, before we go there, let's go with, let's go with what may happen. Let's right. go with something less before we just jump the gun. Right, right. And then the second airplane hit and uh, huh. I let out an expletive you shouldn't let out. Yes. Because, you know, reality, then yes. it's like, oh yeah. And that's when I said, Donald then said, hey, Mr. Winkle, what are you going to do? And that's when I first I called the Marine Corps, then I called the Navy, then I called the Air Force, then I okay. called the Army, you know, because those that's just the way the cards I had set up. Sure. Uh, but but at this point, you had already made the proclamation in class. It's oh, at, at least once, if not many times. Every, every year I taught. Okay. I, if I this happens, I'm, I'm serving. I'm serving. I'm and going. so now this has happened. And now I'm And serving. now you're like, okay. And I had to go, to, you know, that, yeah. that, but, but that, you, but that wasn't your only motivation. I mean, you, you felt, um, well, I'll let you tell it, but, but you felt more than just, I've got to, um, I've got to uphold what I'm saying. You loved your country oh, I, yeah. and wanted to defend it. Oh yeah, absolutely. So, uh, when I saw that happen, it's like more than just, you know, do the, you know, this is something. It wasn't I just, a, oh my gosh, now I've got to go do this. Yeah, exactly. Was, that was, was, yeah, something, someone, you know, after that had happened, I was like, that's it. Someone's attacked. Right. I want to defend my country. Right. Who knows how far this is going to go? Let's. I'm. I'm ready to go. Let's do this. Right. Uh, let's do the process. And it was a process. And uh, learned a lot through that process. And uh, uh, you know, I eventually said, you know, the Navy. I tried to become an officer in the Navy. Okay. I didn't have glasses at the time. Ah. Uh, so I was. I thank you, Army, for the eyesight <laughs> problems. Uh, but. Uh, <laughs> I'm not going to say it's because I was in my 40s either. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah, no, 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 we won't. <laughs> we won't say it's age. Anyhow, I uh, I said, okay, uh, let's do this. I want to fly. So oh. and I, and I'll never forget the first two questions on that test were, um, do you have a pilot's license? Are you a certified teacher? And those were the very first now, two you, questions. I, well, teacher you had. Did you yeah. have a pilot's license? No, I I always loved airplanes, and I regret okay. never having taken okay. a, a, a flying lesson. Yeah. No, I've got a motorcycle license. I've got my CHL. I've got all. <laughs> I've got my mail order doctorate of D- divinity. I've got, <laughs> I've got all these things. I just don't have the pilot's license yet. Okay. Uh, I'm certified to work on diesel engines. I've right. got. I've got almost as many degrees as a thermometer, and you know it's just you know, legitimate and illegitimate. You know, but I, I, I remember those, and I took yeah. the test, and they, it, they never took my packet. Seven months of waiting. Oh. And I'm doing, I passed their physical test. I yeah, did yeah. all the stuff to do it. Finally, I just said, ah, forget it. I called the recruiter while driving up to Sam Houston State University to get my my uh, um, 
I had to get my transcripts. Uh-huh. I called her up and I said, Hey, you know what? Seven months, nothing's happened. I'm, I'm going to go to the army. And she said, well, they'll just make you an E4. And I said, well, then I'll just be the best yeah, E4, E4 in the right. army. Went up there and uh, my recruiter, Danny Jimenez, who I keep in contact with on Facebook. Okay. Most guys in the army have bad feelings towards their recruiters. Yeah. I don't. He right. was a great guy and he was honest. I mean, which is another, but sometimes your recruiters don't tell you everything. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but I, I called him up and I said, hey, uh, I want in. He said, okay, what do you want to do? And I had a coin out. I said, if it goes heads up, I want to do photojournalism. I want to be okay. Ernie. I want to be Ernie Pyle. I want okay. to be the guy on the front line writing for Stars and Stripes. He said, okay. And if it's tails, I go infantry. I said, wow. Okay. So we took a coin, we flipped it up in the air, and it landed on, you know, it showed tails. He said, You're in the infantry now. I said, not a problem. So yeah. And what's funny is when I got to the MEPS station, the Military Indoctrination Processing Station, yeah. MEPS, I could have changed my, could have changed it. I could have changed my my mind, yeah. but I stayed with it. In fact, I could have gone over to the Marine Corps and <laughs> signed up with them. And oh, told, wow. oh, he would have hated me. But <laughs> I, I committed and said, I want infantry and send me anywhere. Okay. And you'll never guess where they sent me in the world. It yeah. was yeah, well, it was a god thing. Yeah, let's let's uh, let's hold hold that because I'm sure people are going to go, oh, poor Todd. But uh, we'll 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 come back after the break and continue to talk with uh, with Todd Winkle. Um, is uh, in his story uh, as he made his way from uh, history teacher to army to from 9/11. Uh, and talk uh, about a number of trivial things. Oh, boy. Uh, that uh, he's got some great stories to share. So thanks, Todd. We'll be right back after the break. Attention, movie lovers. The Ticket Stub is a new radio show servicing Montgomery County that is meant for you. The Ticket Stub is available live every Thursday at noon on FM 104.5 and 106.1, as well as anytime on IRLoneStar.com. Connor and Dick will let you know what's coming out in the theater, what is worth streaming, and what's going on in the world of film. The Ticket Stub, your home for movie talk. Lone Star Community Radio is looking for those who are interested in hosting their own talk show. With monthly and weekly slots available in Conroe's FM 104.5, 106.1, and on IRLoneStar.com. Start your own podcast, create your first YouTube channel, and be on TV. Contact Lone Star Community Radio online at IRLoneStar.com or call the station message line at 936 936- 647-3776 to take your first step into the radio world. And welcome back to the Good News Show with Ted Cox. I am your host each Thursday afternoon from 1 to 3 p.m. Central Time is when we broadcast live. Uh, if you're zooming up and down 45 or around Conroe or maybe North Woodlands, you can pick us up on 104.5 and 106.1 on FM. Uh, as you get landed, you can continue to hear our program and streaming live on IRLoneStar.com. Uh, and again, we are the Good News Show. We uh, try to take a break uh, each Thursday afternoon for just a brief couple of hours just to take a break from 
uh, just the constant bad news that we get on uh, even social media and some of the news networks and certainly some of the cable news networks uh, that uh, just bombard us with just what seems like bad news after bad news. We're just taking a, a break. Uh, we're talking to, to different people that have produced movies and produced uh, theater uh, that have uh, care for our foster and foster care and orphans and people who are helping neighbors like uh, the River Oaks uh, folks who might have remembered a couple of weeks ago. We had a couple of self-ascribed stay-at-home moms that made just a few bologna sandwiches to take down and now they're uh, uh, putting up tents and people are still struggling after Harvey. But there's just some wonderful people in our community that you never hear about that just are doing extraordinary things. And in our first hour, you heard Tina and her journey from uh, looking at the mirror and not really liking uh, perhaps uh, her weight. And now she's lost 60 on the way to maybe even more uh, pounds in her journey for that. And now I have in, in the studio, we're talking to, uh, to Todd, Todd Winkle, who happens to be in, the, in a manner of full disclosure, my brother-in-law. And a uh, cautionary tale. <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> Who is just always a delight uh, to be. Certainly is a is certainly a brother. I would say he's not a brother-in-law. He's, he's certainly a brother. Uh, has always welcomed me. And and but to to spend time with Todd and and hopefully he'll cut loose here uh, in our next segment or two and start telling some stories. Of course, we're we've been on the serious you, side up until you, now. Oh, the my stories prompting, are coming. <laughs> yes, uh, where <laughs> where he was a, a history teacher. Uh, had uh, always had uh, an affinity for the military and uh, uh, had told his students in his history classes that as Pearl Harbor happened and those people went to serve, if that in like manner ever happened to us, that he would be one of the first to, um, to sign up for the military and serve. And he kept his word. And he, as you will continue to hear, he certainly loves his family and loves his country uh, and did what so many of us probably talked about, uh, maybe thought about, but he actually did it. He went and enlisted. Uh, he picked up a, a rifle and defended the country. Or oh, not, not just a rifle. <laughs> I, know. Well, I, I know. I know. I hope we get to the uh, slingshot. Oh, you will get there. So oh, where yeah. we left off was he, he, he had gone to several of the branches of military, um, had, uh, signed up ultimately with the Army. He is now an infantryman and is about to get uh, his assignment. And this is just going to break some hearts. But yeah. go ahead and pick up the story it that was, you're about. Yeah. You're a graduation. You've got it's, a couple of it's, options. It's, and it's graduation the last <laughs> week. And Monday, they come up to me and they say, you're going to Fort Drum, New York, 10th Mountain Division. And yeah. I'd heard about those guys. And yeah. if you've ever seen Black Hawk Down, oh, okay. those those are the guys that eventually helped get the Rangers out of you know their their pickle that they were in basically to help get the armored vehicles there to come help them. So I'd heard about the 10th Mountain Division okay. in Fort Drum, New York. Okay. And they are They're they tough. are some tough dudes. Okay. Very tough dudes. Uh, they don't wear the mountain patch because they walk on flat land. They are very, you know, and my drill sergeant had been part of 10th Mountain. Well, okay. Then, then Wednesday comes up, and my drill sergeant comes up to me, and he says, uh, he says, uh, <laughs> you're not going to 10th Mountain. And I go, where am I going? He said, you're going to uh, Kentucky. Oh, okay. Uh, 101st Airborne. I'm going, oh, the, you know, 101st Airborne, which is kind of a misnomer. Airborne, you jump out of airplanes, but right. they rappel out of helicopters. So I'm thinking, oh, oh. now I'm going to get to rappel out of helicopters. Okay. 
do the whole bit. Oh, this is going to be awesome. Oh, I'm going to be on a train. I'm going to be on a promo I'm, video. Gonna, <laughs> exactly. Or, or the, or the, or the, this is what you don't do in the army video. You know, the guy that yo-yos on the rope. Exactly. And then it ends up, I'm, and here's where it ends up happening. It's, it's graduation day and my mom and my dad, Nana and Papa are there. And, uh, they're yelling for, you know, they're yelling for different guys and they yell for me and I get up and they hand me my packet and they said, you know, in the cleanest of terms, they said, you need to get yourself down to uh, the, the medic station and you need to get your overseas shots. You're going overseas. And I'm thinking <laughs> overseas. overseas, that means it's either Germany, Korea or Hawaii because I'm not airborne qualified and guys go to Italy, they're right. airborne qualified. Right. And I thought, knowing the Army, oh, you're going to go to jump school, then you're going to Italy. No, I get my pack, and I said, where am I going? I look at it, and it says 25th Infantry Division, Light, Hawaii, Schofield Barracks. I'm thinking, <laughs> I got Hawaii. <laughs> and my drill sergeant's looking at me just with, like, death in his eyes, like, dude, seriously. Dude, and he said, I've been <laughs> trying to get there for 10 years, and you got it on, on because he knew I came with an open contract. Oh, so okay. I was like, oh my okay. gosh. So I got Hawaii. And so open contract means you could be sent when anywhere. You join the you army anything. and say, I have an open contract. I want to go anywhere, okay. which is actually tougher for them because then they have to wait for people to say, hey, we need to fill a slot. If, oh, gotcha. When you okay. first sign up and you say, nope, I want to be infantry. I want to be Hawaii. Then you're, then you're sent to Hawaii. But me, I kind of, I filled out the dream sheet, you know, 10 slots of all the places you go. And the last place I wrote was Hawaii next to my buddy, Luke LeBrun. And he said, I'm going to put it too. He said, you think we'll get it? I go, we'll never get it. They'll never send us to Hawaii. We both got Hawaii. And then I served in Iraq with him and, you know, I've lost contact with him. He's off Facebook, but yeah, great guy. Wonderful dude. So you're like, don't throw me in that briar patch. Yeah, Okay. <laughs> exactly. So, so uh, here you are now at this point, you, you would have completed basic. Completed so basic. Tell, tell and us a little AIT. bit about basic. So you went in this two sixty. I went in weighing two hundred sixty pounds and so, plus, and fifteen weeks later, I come out weighing one ninety. Yeah, uh, yeah. Could do push ups, sit ups, run all day, the whole bit. Our right. platoon, third platoon, Mad Dogs were such troublemakers. We were in so much trouble. Our guide <laughs> on when your flag is wrapped up, it means that you're in trouble. Okay. okay. For fifteen weeks, we only had our flag down maybe for. Two weeks. <laughs> okay. We were okay. always in trouble. And we were like on our classes. We're like, he'll never make us do push-ups. No, no. Our drill sergeant has to half right face, front lean and rest position, and had us knock out 50 push-ups in our class A. So like our nicest uniforms. Right. You know, no one that ground is disgusting. So you don't want to like get your uniform way low, but we could all knock it out with no problem. And so and how long is basic? Uh like, when I went through is 15 weeks. 15 weeks. So 15 weeks, you you lost 70. No, I lost 60 pounds, 60 pounds. So, so we're just, just for those who may be listening the entire time. So here are the two methods of weight loss. You have <laughs> Tina <laughs> who eats well I'd over nine or 10 months. She exercises well, she's doing, or you could go into the army and do it in 15 <laughs> weeks. Those are your two, two, two extreme they, options. They put me on the fat body diet, <laughs> which meant I only got to eat the healthy foods, but, okay. the, but the skinny guys, they made them like go eat all the junk foods. So okay. I'll try to get the same weight and all, and, you know, try to get us all, you know, about the same okay. size and all. But, uh, yeah, I ate three square meals a day. I didn't starve. I wasn't drinking beer. I was, right. I was 32 years old. Well, right. 33 when I showed up and I'm with these 18 year olds. Yeah. I was going to say, you had a nickname. Oh, uh, <laughs> so, <laughs> well, uh, the, 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 the drill sergeant, uh, there is drill sergeant Bryant, who's from, of all places, Katy, Texas. 
Okay. So he, and there were three other guys that were from, uh, from Texas that were in my platoon and drill Sergeant Bryant used to call me school teacher. He just school teacher, you know, <laughs> yell that out and he'd call me teach. Teach. So that's the one I remember. Yeah. And then when I got to my unit, when I got to one, two, one, that's when they, you know, they called me teach and it was hilarious. Well, but you, didn't you have another one though, that had to, had to do with your age? Oh, what old man? Uh, uh, Gramps. Gramps. Uh, one did Gramps? Uh, no, a couple of the guys in the in the platoon called me Gramps. Okay. You know, they, okay. They, that was it. But the drill sergeants called me Teach. Okay. Even the other drill sergeants, you know, they they walked up to me and they go, "Why did you join? Yeah. I joined because of nine eleven, because of the terrorist attack. How old are you? I'm thirty three. You know, they yeah. were amazed by that. And I wasn't the only school teacher. There were okay. two other school teachers that had signed up. That were in, one was in my platoon. The other guy was uh, in the fourth platoon. Uh, Josh Law was a special ed teacher from Las Vegas, oh, wow. and he joined okay. up for two years, and he went to Fort Hood, Texas. Okay. And um, I blank it on the other guy. Okay. Um, he was a, but I do remember he was a elementary school PE teacher from okay. Rhode Island, and oh, wow. he went to Hawaii with me as well. It's amazing, isn't and it? all the backgrounds that come together, because the, obviously yeah. there's not a draft. Nope. So yeah. all of the, all of the folks probably joined in after 9/11. Probably for similar reasons as you, right? Did you, was there a variety of backgrounds, have, a variety of reasons? Have you ever seen the movie Stripes? <laughs> okay. You know the scene where they're all sitting Bill around? Murray, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Sergeant Francis. Holka, Francis. <laughs> yes, we had everybody. It was okay. like, it was like that. Uh, they, we had the sit down moment where they said, tell us your background. Tell us what you did. Tell, you know, did you get a, a sign on bonus? How much did you get? You know, they went through all those things, and we we had that. Okay. And, uh, yeah. Well, what were, was the most uh, surprising background? Was there anything that yes, surprised you? Yes. Like, that jumped out and went? Yes. That okay. the, the guy, that the, this guy, uh, Webster, he was told he could either, uh, he was, he had a choice. Sign up to the Army for the maximum six years per contract. Sign up for six years. Okay. Or he was looking at doing 10 years in the Texas State Penitentiary oh. for, um, for he got drunk at a bar and he beat a guy in, into the hospital oh my for assault. So okay. he had his choice, t six years in the Army or 10 years in the state pen. Oh, wow. And if you took a look at this guy, you wouldn't think he was the type of guy that would be going to jail or prison or yeah. whatever. And we had a, a whole big respect for him. Yeah. Like, oh, dude. So, yeah, that was the most shocking okay. um, that out, of, out of all of them. But he was a good guy. You know, he just said his problem is alcohol. He has to stay away from it. Right. I don't know where he ended up in the army. I don't okay. know where he served, but I, he was a good guy. Okay. Now the Alaskans that we trained with. Okay. Oh, that was hilarious. <laughs> it was the biggest number of Alaskans that had trained since world war II. Oh my gosh. And while wow. we were during one of our training programs, they, okay. I mean this in the utmost of respect, but when they talked, they all sounded like little old men. Okay. 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 And, and, but they were the nicest guys. They would do anything to help you. Very, very good guys. And, uh, they asked the drill sergeant, can we speak our own language to get to the hill? And, you know, drill sergeants use colorful adjectives. And he yeah, said, oh, yeah, yeah, he yeah. said, I don't care what you yell, as long as you take that objective. And there is nothing like watching these, these eight Alaskans yelling in their native language how to bound ahead to get to the objective oh okay. and it was frightening i'm getting goosebumps just thinking about those guys because it's like because you're speaking texan i'm speaking texan <laughs> we've got guys speaking english and then these guys are speaking and they were from wasilla alaska i'll never forget oh, that 
Sarah Palin. Yeah, exactly. For Sarah Palin. And she was their mayor at that time. No. Yes. (laughs) It was very funny. And it's just amazing array of people, backgrounds, languages. Languages, backgrounds, cultures. You know, uh, our platoon, the the grand majority of us, we got along. It was good. Well, uh, we are talking with Todd Winkle, who was a history teacher. 9-11 happened. Uh, He is in basic training. When we come back from the break... Uh, I want to talk to him uh, after BASIC happens uh, in his tours, uh, some of his experiences uh, with that. Uh, So stick with us, and we'll talk to you after the break. Again, Ted Cox uh, hosting the Good News program on IRLoonStar.com. A Lone Star Community Radio is looking for those who are interested in hosting their own talk show with monthly and weekly slots available on Conroe's FM 104.5, 106.1, and on IRLoneStar.com. Start your own podcast, create your first YouTube channel, and be on TV. Contact Lone Star Community Radio online at IRLoneStar.com or call the station message line at 936-647-647. 3776 to take your first step into the radio world. Hispanic Chamber Connections with Dr. Carlos Sanchez, president of the Woodlands Conroe Hispanic Chamber of Commerce, featuring event announcements, member highlights, and more. Tuesdays at 1 p.m., broadcasting from the heart of Conroe, Texas on IRLoneStar.com and Conroe's FM 104.5. 106.1. And welcome back to the Good News Show on Lone Star Community Radio. We're broadcasting out of downtown Conroe, Texas. Uh, if you're listening on the FM dial, you're listening to us either on 104.5 or 106.1. And as you get landed in your destination, you can pick the show back up by streaming it live on IRLoneStar.com. Um, we have in the studio with us uh, Todd Winkle, a history teacher uh, turned Army infantryman uh, following 9-11. Uh, and uh, before we heard uh, the inspirational story uh, of Tina, who came in and talked to us about uh, just the, the journey of losing 60 pounds, and that, again, is over a nine- and 10-month period. And of course, Todd has just told us that the army version of that would be 15 weeks of three hots and, <laughs> and, and a lot of running and push-ups. So, so Todd has got, uh, he, again, he uh, told uh, many of his classes, perhaps all of his classes, that as Pearl Harbor happened, uh, as a history teacher will always want to do, is to put current events into historical context. He says, basically, if, if this were to ever happen, I, I'm going to sign up. Uh, and he did. 9-11 uh, happened. Uh, he was watching it in his classroom on the television and signed up, uh, went into the infantry in uh, the Army. Uh, he's now gone through basic training, has got the very unenviable uh, position of being stationed in Hawaii, of all places. I feel so, so bad for you. Uh, it was. You probably just got sick of pineapple. So so glad I so, served my country in Hawaii. Uh, we, well, you're duty. welcome, and thank you. So, that's one, actually one thing I've been remiss in saying is thank you for your service. I know that uh, every time I talk to someone who served, whether it's in the military as you did, uh, uh, firemen, policemen, every time you th- you were to try to thank them, 
Uh, it's almost an embarrassment. So I don't want it's, to embarrass you because you are a, a humble guy. You served, you truly love your country, uh, and you served def uh, uh, in defending the freedom that we now enjoy and get to complain about. So thank you very much for that. And, uh, so no need to respond. I know you're glad, <laughs> glad to have served and it's just what I felt like I needed to do. So and you did. You did what? You're, you're welcome. Not yes, a problem. You, thank you. So you did what many of us didn't do. You, you signed up and you went through basic. And, uh, and uh, so you can pick up the story. I know we've talked about a number of stories. You could probably talk for hours about your deployment. So talk a little bit about as you're deployed and well, well, pick up the story well, wherever when, you'd like. When we, were, when we were in Hawaii, we yes. were told uh, not, not long after I got in Hawaii, there was the incident in the Philippines where these... Uh, Hotel guests have all been attacked and have been some, you know, they've been murdered and slaughtered by these, uh, by, um, you know, uh, I forget the terrorist organization that was there. So we were thinking that we were going to be going to the Philippines because oh, the 25th okay. Infantry is supposed to stay in the Pacific and we're trained for jungle fighting. So we don't know where we're going to go. Are we going to go to Afghanistan? Are we going to go to Iraq? Are we going to go to the Philippines? So we're thinking the Philippines. And I remember our entire, you know, our, uh, our battalion, that's made up of four companies, okay. uh, are all sitting in this area. And then, uh, you know, we're getting a briefing from, you know, a couple of these lieutenants. Right. And then the lieutenant colonel comes in, Lieutenant Colonel Dewhurst. And we're like, you know, you know, when a colonel or hire, you know, a field grade comes in, right. that's a major hire. You, you, you know, they call, you know, group attention. Everyone jumps up and you stand up. And, mm -hmm. okay. and the colonel comes in and, you know, group attention. Everyone, like, stands up and goes, all right, boys, that ease, that ease. And you know, he says, look, right. I've got the news. I'm here where we're, Here's where we're going. Okay. He said, we're going to Iraq. Okay. He said, contact your families. Uh, let them know. Right. Inform them. We don't know where we're going, but let them know we are going over. We don't have a date. We don't have a time. You know, there was nothing given. Okay. And this is about this time of year in 2000. Three, Three, because we deployed in 04. Okay. So we had an idea. So we all got to go on Christmas leave, and then we deployed in January. Uh, and I remember all these kids come up and ask me, why are we going there? What's there? What's the?" I'm like, guys, look, they tell us where to go. We go and we serve. And that's, right. you know, I said, uh, you know, Saddam Hussein has been, you know, the only rationale I can give y'all is, Bush had said, if you support terrorism, you're mm -hmm. equal to terrorism. Right. Saddam Hussein had been writing checks to all these family of these, you know, suicide bombers, Hamas and what have you. So the equation is, if you support terrorists, then you're part of terrorism. So we're going to go there. And I'm okay. thinking to myself, well, I want to take on Al-Qaeda. Al Al I'm kind of like, well, okay, let's, okay, I guess we're going to Iraq. But, okay. so I wasn't, I, I wanted to go fight, you know, the Taliban. I wanted to go right. fight al Al-Qaeda. I wanted to go there. But, okay. again, you go where you're deployed to. Right. So, uh, we deployed on uh, January 21st. Okay. And uh, we were there 13 months. And okay. uh, uh, it was, uh, uh, we actually arrived in Kuwait. We got acclimated to the climate. And then okay. we proceed up to Kirkuk. Okay. Uh, okay. That's where I was stationed on the Kirkuk Regional Air Base, the KRAB. And they called it the CRAB. <laughs> And in the military, okay. and in the military, uh, I, I have to tell you all this. Yes, my please. military experience would be like if you took Black Hawk Down, Mash, mixed it a little with the Marx Brothers movie and Fast Times at Ridgemont High, <laughs> and there you go. It 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 was it was an amalgam of right. really, um, you know, I'd, I'd grown up on all these John Wayne movies, Green Beret, right. you know, all right. you know. 
80s on kit rambo and all stuff Ram, and it's right like, right it's like oh my chuck norris God. yes it's a texan yeah, oh, yeah. <laughs> well he was air force but i'm not gonna go so, any further than that <laughs> well and so you're you're there and of course i mean certainly some of the stories will will you'll tell today or we'll yeah. tell today uh, are more on the humorous side but it was a very oh. serious oh. situation oh yeah you're well you're in the middle of of the fighting well so. well mine mine was really interesting uh Okay, I get there and I had something on my knee. It was basically, basically I can describe it as a wart. Okay, okay. I had this thing. So I have Major Hellman take a look at it. Well, this is the first time the 25th got to do surgery since Vietnam. And this is why I was so big for the 25th. They okay. hadn't made any deployments to combat zones since Vietnam. Ah, now we were going to be, so I got to make history. I earned my combat patch with them. Okay. So Major Hellman's getting to do surgery in a combat zone. He's all excited. <laughs> uh, you don't want an excited you know, no. officer cutting your leg, right? But, but they got all the medics around. They put xylodecane into my knee. They're cutting this <laughs> this abscess, whatever the heck it yeah, is. Right. And uh, and what was what was hilarious about it was um, after they got it done, I had this NCO who was just he's a jerk. Oh, okay. just a jerk. No names. <laughs> it, I'll just okay. say this. it rhymes with brags. So I'll okay. just put it that okay. way. So. <laughs> So, uh, anyway, he always wanted proof that you had been somewhere. So okay. I come walking in, I've right. got a banjo around my leg. Right. I have a Ziploc bag with this you know, oh, piece of it, you right. know, my knee cut out and right in front of the Colonel, the command Sergeant major, another Sergeant major, okay. then the major, all these law officers, I walk in and there's Sergeant Braggs. I said, you wanted proof. Here's your proof. And I mean, they're like, what is that? And I'm telling them what it is. Oh gosh. And Colonel Dewhurst goes. Oh, Winkle, you were just living up that specialist life, aren't you? I'm an E4. I'm just E4 mafia all the way. And he's just, they're like looking at it. And they're like, oh, that's disgusting. Oh, wow. And, you know, yeah. there's nothing like watching them all suddenly. They, they, they're all these officers and suddenly all turn into like football players. Oh, that's dude. the coolest thing, right. dude. <laughs> and um, I ended up flying up to Iraq. So oh, I flew. Okay. I didn't go okay. on the convoy because I couldn't bend my knee. Okay. So I landed in Kirkuk. Uh, at night in a C-130 under fire uh, with mortars and rockets wow. and RPGs. Okay. And they were just, you know, I'm sure there were a couple on the other side with, I'm surprised they didn't bring out trebuchets and everything else, <laughs> you know, <laughs> catapults, you know, flaming torches. The pumpkin chunk. Yeah, pumpkin chunk. And, okay, chunk I and, and I tell you what, that's the most amazing thing is, you know, when I tell people, well, as a Methodist, I was dry cleaned, you know, we get sprinkled. <laughs> and then in September when I was about 20, I was probably about, 28, I was yeah. baptized at Forest Cove Baptist Church, so I got the full soak. Okay. And thanks to the Army, I got baptized by fire by the insurgents <laughs> lobbing explosives at me, and that was pretty surreal, oh, you know. I can't imagine. Oh, having so. Captain Captain Hampton come running up saying, welcome to Kirkuk. They wanted to give you a warm greeting. I'm thinking, it's going to get warmer if we don't get out of this airplane all filled with fuel, and uh, yeah, so that was my. my so, so now uh, you're landed. So I'm landed, and, <laughs> and I'm, so there. I'm sorry. Yeah, no, I know you want to tell a story, but I, uh, and, and I want you to. Uh, but so you must. So you're inside the the perimeter, the perimeter, the green zone, or whatever it's well, called. Well, yeah, but the so the perimeter of the, the air base. And so the enemy is lobbing stuff at you. Uh, yes. And I'm sure you felt quite safe, right? So. Oh uh, yes, thank you, giant voice. <laughs> the Air Force yes. had one half of it base we had the other half they okay. called theirs the light side ours was the dark side kind of <laughs> like the moon um and they had this big microphone thing called giant voice and giant if anything voice. happened right it was funny there was a girl that was on there and she go this is giant voice <laughs> seek immediate shelter 
And I mean, it was like, wow, who is she? And yeah, you know, and she did. She had a very pleasant voice. And, but what was funny is you'd have a mortar or a rocket come in and boom, it would hit. And then about three minutes later, you'd hear, this is giant voice. Seek immediate shelter. Right. Really three minutes later. You you always felt safe that they were always way ahead of, way ahead of the enemy. Yes. Oh, oh, when, when giant voice came on, you knew we'd already been hit three minutes ago. So it was, <laughs> unless you happen to be there at, at the, at the POI, the point of impact. Right. But yeah, giant voice. And then when she, she went on leave, we found out and we had a guy who sounded like the, the 15 year old on the Simpsons who had the broken voice going, this is giant voice. <laughs> he sounded like Peter Brady going through puberty. It was the funniest thing. Yeah. We're like, Oh, I mean, guys would be throwing stuff at the at the big tower that had the speakers because you know this they just, poor guy. We didn't like him. We want her back. You know, now, did you ever find out who it was? Did oh, you ever meet them in I, the? I got to meet the, them the in the chow, area, in the, the, cha- in the chow, chow hall. I got okay. to meet them, and the 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 guy was. Was it very different than what you had in mind? You have look, a picture in your head, and you go, the, "Wow, that's weird." The, the picture I had of the guy with the with the broken voice and right. all that sounded like he was thirteen. Yeah, he kind of looked like he was you know about thirteen. He's probably in his twenties, but okay. you know. He, you know, he, he, you know, I've got glasses. He had glasses. He was, you know, a teenager looking type, okay. but the girl had the most beautiful blue eyes and this red yeah. hair and okay. just, it's like, okay, you were not what I was, I was nah. imagining. You were like, she was like much more attractive than, right. And of course, you know, she's probably like in her twenties <laughs> and all my buddies, there we are. Nah. And they're like, they're like, she's out of your league. Wink. I said, I'm not worried about league. It's she's She's so young. <laughs> See, I'm an old what man. Happens. So that's but, what happens, Gramps. But, yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're but, we're uh, in studio uh, talking today on the Good News Show. I'm Ted Cox, your host, uh, every Thursday afternoon, and we're talking to Todd Winkle, who's who was a history uh, per, uh, history teacher in high school. 9/11 happened. He signed up for the Army Infantry, and now we find him uh, in Iraq. And so when we come back, we'll have just our last segment with him. Uh, so he'll tell us a couple of stories and uh, we'll uh, want to say a collective thank you for serving. So we'll be right back after our break. Don't forget to download the Lone Star Community Radio app from your Google Play or Apple Store. Bring Montgomery County's Community Radio with you anywhere with your smartphone or tablet. If you are in the Conroe area, tune in on FM. That's Conroe's FM 104.5, 106.1. If you are on the computer, bookmark IRLoneStar.com as your internet radio station. A Lone Star Community Radio. Broadcasting 24-7 from the heart of downtown Conroe, Texas. Relax with a cup of joe or your favorite drink for the Conroe Lake Conroe Chamber of Commerce Chamber Chat. The show airs on the first Tuesday of the month at 11 a.m. on Lone Star Community Radio. Join hosts Courtney Galley and Brian Bondi as they chat about the Chamber's events and programs for the month and invite chamber members into the studio to talk about their upcoming events and businesses. Learn about your chamber with Chamber Chat every first Tuesday at 11 a.m. And welcome back to the Good News Show with Ted Cox. Uh, we are broadcasting out of Conroe, Texas, and we're here every Thursday afternoon, uh, Central Time, 1 to 3. 
So if you're streaming live at a different time zone, you can pick us up live and uh, every Thursday afternoon. Uh, again, the show is designed to just to take a break from the hard news and many times the bad news of what's going on uh, around the nation, around the state and, and around the world. And just uh, in this case, we're, we're here with Todd uh, Winkle, who, who answered the call uh, and the feeling that he had from really childhood uh, that if anything resembling sort of a nine, excuse me, a Pearl Harbor were to happen, that he would go and serve his country. And he was uh, certainly new being a, a high school history teacher, learning a bunch of history, and then, of course, teaching history, uh, that he could put things like 9-11 into proper perspective, not only for his students, but, but also for himself. And so we're, we're uh, talking to him about getting into uh, the military, getting into the Army infantry, being now deployed in Iraq. And, of course, we're telling a few funny stories. But in the brief time that we have left, which is we have about 10 minutes, so we yeah, I know there's yeah. some things you want to talk about and some things that, that would be helpful. So we're on the base. So I know you want to talk a little bit about being out and engaged with the enemy. Uh, but then I know what's near and dear to your heart is, is helping your your fellow brothers and sisters in the military yeah. uh, as they come back home. Yeah. Uh, so while we have a compressed time, I, I want to give you as much time to talk as, as possible. So I'll Absolutely. turn it back over your, and we pick it back up, well, I guess, and well, getting well, out engaged. So there I am up on the air base. Yep. And eventually, you know, I was I was assigned to my company where I got to go actually do my job of the infantry. I was no longer, you know, oh, we got a guy who's college educated, 33, not an officer. Hey, let's put him in every office job we have. <laughs> I eventually got to do my job of being an infantryman. And yeah. uh, they took me out to the shooting range and they said, hey, show us what you can do on the saw. That's the squad automatic weapon. It's okay. the light machine gun. And they had a 55-gallon drum out 600 meters, and I was ringing that thing like a bell. And I was like, <laughs> am I done yet? No, keep shooting, Wink. Keep shooting. And eventually, they, uh, I, I did very well. And Sergeant Guffey, uh, who I still keep in contact with, yeah. uh, a lot of guys are reconnected with thanks to you to social media. Right. Uh, he slaps you on the shoulder and goes, congratulations, Winky. Your life expectancy <laughs> and initial contact is 2.3 seconds. You're our new saw gunner. And oh, like, my God. Uh, <laughs> Well, and, well, and again, I know so, I know you want to you want to follow the track yeah. of your story, but I understand you're also certified in another lethal weapon. Oh, uh, yeah. So uh, uh, I know you have limited time, and I know you want to talk about readjustment yeah. back after. But yeah. if you want to kind of share your uh, other certification, well, we maybe were, not. We, no, no, no. Well, okay. I'll share it. We okay. were told we were told the army actually put out an order that we to get vehicles out of the way, we weren't allowed to bump them with our Humvees because okay. guys were loading their vehicles with explosives, the Humvee would bump them, they detonate, and then take out the Humvee. So they're telling us to throw brass casings. Now, let me explain something to you. A brass okay. casing is like throwing a big pin okay. in a vehicle moving 50 miles an hour. It kind of goes to the end of your vehicle and then flies back at you. So I wrote to my dad, dear dad, da -da -da -da, this is what's going on, uh, P.S., please send a slingshot. I'll explain later. So dad sends me two slingshots. So I get these slingshots. Of course, of course no, Papa, Papa. Wants, Papa wants right. to make sure we're armed. So I had a slingshot, and it was one of those wrist rockets, so it's a really good one. Okay. And uh, I paid an Iraqi kid uh, $5. I said, get me as many, you know, get me, uh, I need you to get me, like, you know, three bags of marbles and then keep the change. And he comes back, and I mean, I got marbles that could fill up an ammo can. <laughs> so I used the slingshot to shoot marbles at the vehicles in front of us so that the vehicles would look in the rearview mirror and then get out of our way. Okay. And I didn't tell Captain Bird. I didn't tell yeah. First Sergeant Jennings what I had up there. 
And they're thinking, oh, I, you know, they hear history teacher. They thought I was a PE coach and thought I had an arm like Nolan Ryan. <laughs> and then when we pulled over, they said, Wink, whatever you're throwing, that's awesome. I said, ah, oh, it's just this. And I held up my slingshot. And I said, when you're in, when, when you're in the back 40 of the Bible, you got Bible land, Holy Land, you got to go biblical. So he, they laughed. And so, yeah, we left that slingshot up with the, up on that gun truck with the marbles. The guys oh, wow. knew that they could shoot the marbles, you know, okay. and then got vehicles out of our way. If they didn't get out of the way, then guys were like, you know, you know, I tried to shoot underneath so it'd make as much noise. Right. Uh, I don't know what other guys did. Uh, we didn't have to pay for any broken windows or any smashed out taillights or anything, <laughs> but thank God. But, well, yeah. and, and of, of course, as you know, as a history, there's the different guns are named after different people who invented them, right? Gatling right. and right. So, do you think your your slingshot has your name on it? Back uh, in oh no, as no. as you know, it didn't. Oh okay. no, I didn't get that lucky. <laughs> no, no, no. The the Texas T. No, yeah. I, I I just know that uh, it, it was helpful to have that. I got to do walking patrols. I got okay. to do uh, you know I got to go on two raids. One of them happened to be on Halloween night of all things. Uh, you know, we got to do, I, I got to do the job I was trained for. Then I came okay. back to Hawaii. Okay. And, uh, you know, that, you know, when you're still on the base and you're still in the army, you know, you don't really have to adjust much because you still have everybody in the same mindset. Right. But when I got out in 2006, uh, in uh, July of 2006, you know, readjusting to civilian world to go yeah. from the, uh, the, the strict hard lines of the military it was, it was not easy. Yeah. It was, you know, people, you know, just didn't relate or didn't understand. There weren't very, not many, you know, this is like OIF2 or OIF3 was going on by then. So you didn't have as many people who had served, joined up and went over. Right. Um, right. You know, uh, it, it, you know, trying to fit back in, it was a bit of adjustment. Um, okay. Uh, having, you know, having people, you know, now the thing is people were very polite, very you know, hey, thanks for your service. You right. know, it's kind of like they were making up for what wasn't done for the Vietnam veterans. They yeah. were kind of like, in some ways, sometimes almost going overboard. Okay. But, uh, but you know, those but were the, gen those But generally were the genuine. Oh, genuine, yeah. heartfelt thank yous. Yeah. And I would just say, you're welcome. Yeah. Uh, to this day, I just say, oh, you're welcome. You know, it's, yeah. I just felt called to do it. You're welcome. Uh, it's Memorial Day that when people go, hey, thank you for your service. You know, Memorial yeah. Day is for those guys who, you know, I say thank you on Memorial Day for the people than the, the, the people who can't say you're welcome. Gotcha. That's my thing on Memorial right. Day. Uh, you know, Veterans Day is my day. Memorial Day is, you know, is, yeah. is to remember those who, who, you know, who died while serving. Right. Uh, you know, like uh, Hubbard, uh, who, uh, who died, and uh, Specialist Donica. And you now he wasn't with my unit, but, you know, right. he was a, a spring native uh, here in Texas. Um, okay. You know, there are, uh, you know, uh, William Bushnell was a guy I served with in 235, and he went to Fort Bliss, and he was promoted to sergeant. He was eventually killed. Okay. Uh, there were a lot of guys, you know, uh, Richwell Doria, you know. So, you know, there's, uh, you know, coming back, you're trying to adjust, and, you know, when you have the traumatic, you know, I know how a fish feels when they're in a barrel and, you know, mm. they're being shot at. <laughs> okay. And, you know, they're, you know, you don't have much patience for, you know, I'll, I'll have a lot of patience, and the problem is, yeah. you know, when you hit a point, and it's like, how do you react or how do you do it? You know? Right. Um, you know, I've never, you know, there. I shouldn't say never had incident, but I. Yeah. There have been moments. There have been instances. They have been recorded with the VA. Mm. That, you know, 
to my doctor. Uh, right. I have a very wonderful counselor at the vet center who helps me out, and she's okay. awesome. Uh, uh, Dr. Bishop at the VA has been extremely helpful. Uh, Monica Garcia at the vet center has been extremely helpful. So, but um, you were you were talking right before we went back on air in the last segment yeah. that you know that the adjustment you, you the one thing you wanted to impart uh, is uh, is that if if other people if other veterans uh, are feeling this need yeah. you, you oh, want yeah. to let people know oh, go get go, help. go get help okay go get help uh, yes the VA has got its problems yes you had to wait in the line but right. you know go get help uh, one of my buddies. He went and got help. Uh, he lives up in uh, Kentucky, okay. and he admitted to everybody, you know, that we're all part of the same page, and we're all very proud of him. Right. You know, the military has this doc, this this unwritten doctrine of you got to be macho and tough and blah blah right. blah. You right. know what? When times get tough, yeah. who do you rely on? The guy who's got your six, the guy to your left, and your guy to your right. Well, right. then, right. you know, going to the VA, going to the vet center, going to the hospital is just like getting someone to cover your left or your right. Right. There's, right. you know. You know, lay down the ego, you know, it's, you know, you don't have to prove anything to anybody. Right. Uh, you've already done it. You, you signed up when we were in a time of war. Right. You know, go talk to someone. You did what the vast majority of us yeah. didn't. And so, um, but if people uh, wanted to, to reach out uh, to you, uh, they can find you on Facebook? Uh, yeah, they can, okay. they can find me if on Facebook. If a veteran Facebook. were to be struggling, oh, well, listening to us now, I mean, you'd want to encourage them. Yeah, I would I would encourage you to go and uh, you know my my number one thing is if you're having trouble go to the VA. Okay. Definitely go to the VA. They can okay. do a lot that we can't do, and okay. uh, go to your local VFW and they can help you get you know get some good advice. So okay. that's what I recommend. Well, Todd, thank you uh, for coming in. We we uh, I so appreciate what you did, uh, your stories. Uh, we, we definitely want to have you maybe back and tell some more of the funny stories. I want to thank Tina uh, in the first hour. And we'll look forward to talking with you next Thursday, 1 o'clock. Thanks for checking out this podcast of Lone Star Community Radio, Montgomery County's community radio station. If you enjoyed this recording, make sure to check out our past shows online at IRLoneStar.com or their respective video or podcast formats on YouTube, Google Play, or iTunes. If you have any questions regarding the show, either it being about sponsorships or questions for the host, contact the station manager at D-I-C-K at IRLoneStar.com or call the station at 936-647-3776. This show was recorded in downtown Conroe, Texas at the Lone Star Community Radio Studio. And Lone Star Community Radio reserves all rights to this recording and images.